Kareem Jackson's 34 years old. He just turned 34. He just re-signed with the Broncos. What does that have to do with your favorite football team? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Kareem Jackson, 34 years old, 10 full seasons in the NFL as a safety. Not at all the prototype that's been set in this offseason by Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. And yet, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, a very good reporter who once was based in Pittsburgh, discovered and shared yesterday that Jackson was almost pried away by Pittsburgh. The Broncos ended up paying Jackson a one-year term for $5 million. So, a lot can be culled from this non-development, at least as I see it. First of all, this idea that the Steelers are only going after players who are 26 and younger, although they've done a pretty good job of that to this point, clearly comes with some exceptions. That's one. Two, they are most definitely not satisfied with having re-signed Carl Joseph to team with Minka Fitzpatrick at the safety position. Otherwise, you know, wouldn't be shopping at all. Three, Tyran Matthews has got to be in that mix in some form or other. And four, and maybe this one jumps out more than anything else at me. They are so totally done with Terrell Edmonds. Can you think of any other way to explain why they'd be pursuing this player, this age level, this experience level, unless they saw something that they genuinely didn't like. This surprises me. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. The reason that it does is the TE was asked to do a lot of things that conventional safeties don't do. He was up at the line of scrimmage. He was helping. Oof, I don't even know if you could say he was helping. He was basically replacing the inside linebackers, because of their inability to stop the run. I'm talking, of course, about Devin Bush and Joe Schobert, not necessarily in that order. They were both awful to alternating degrees and alternating games. It's just about the nicest thing I can say about their run stopping. But T.E. went up to the line of scrimmage. He played linebacker like his brother, despite not having... Tremaine's linebacker build went up there and did the job. So did Minka, for that matter. Minka Fitzpatrick showed himself to be a much better run stopper than what his reputation was in coming to Pittsburgh from Miami. T.E. did that job, and he did, at least to my eyeballs, a decent job in pass coverage. So what are we talking about here? Money? It can't be money. 
Not with this safety market. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying. Whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. If we're still talking about starting safeties being available across the NFL, we're still looking at Matthew being one of those, then we're looking at a soft, soft pool of demand in free agency. And one doesn't have to dig real deep to figure out that's the case, even going beyond the very obvious thing that they're still out there. You can look at their social media accounts and see the frustration building. All of these guys, Matthew and T.E. included. Maybe Edmonds is clinging to his price. Maybe Edmonds is thinking that he's worth more than he is or that he's going to call the Steelers bluff or whatever it is, but that's not a game that most players win. And in fact, I would submit that Colbert, in his recent comments at the NFL owners' meetings, kind of made it clear and maybe sent a message to Edmonds in the process when he said that the Steelers have all of their starting positions filled except for one. And it couldn't have been more glaring as to which one he was citing. This is it, my friends. This is the last position that's left on this football team. That doesn't mean that they're not going to add through the draft and you're going to create more competition. But as I keep reminding everybody here, the view on the inside always with the Steelers is that they want to cross off all starting positions before they go into a draft so that whatever it is that they bring in by way of a rookie class, doesn't have to be put in a position to go out and help the team right away. If they do, it's great. If they don't, well, then you get what you saw unfold with the offensive line last summer. My hope remains that this management team will add either Matthew or find a way to patch things up with TE and bring him back. I know that these are not equal things. Please do not think that I am presuming that they are equal things. Matthew is an infinitely more accomplished and dynamic player, even though he is older than T.E. But I've got to remind everyone that the head coach himself values one trait above all others when it comes to Edmonds, and that's availability. He's durable, doesn't go down, doesn't sit out plays. He's out there snap after snap after snap, game after game after game. And when you're investing dollars in cap space in a player and missing even one game is missing one seventeenth of a full season, you better believe that matters. When we come back, just one question.
back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated Super Lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The Super Lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Bill, who asks, So wait, did I hear you right? You don't think they'll draft a quarterback? My head hurts. Bill, of course, is referring to yesterday's episode when I went through a whole bunch of reasons that, no, I don't believe they're going to draft a quarterback. I believe that they've done a whole lot of rightful diligence and that they're going to continue doing so because the last thing you want, as I said yesterday, is someone to Dak Prescott you right off the bat when they were sitting under your nose. But you know what? Today, since... You appear to be in some disbelief, Bill. I'm going to take a different approach to it and instead do some process of elimination. In a normal year, in most years over the past, oh, let's say half decade or so, but even going back further possibly, who would you presume the Steelers would be focusing on when it comes to a position? Einbacher, right? They're the team that drafts linebackers. Some of that had to do with Ryan Shazier's injury, obviously. But they were drafting other kinds of linebackers at every turn. And before that, we saw offensive linemen. Before that, we saw defensive linemen. And you'll see these guys, meaning Colbert and Tomlin, do these things Almost like in a stubborn wave where they'll get a couple of them really hoping to fortify a certain area. And they'll do it even back to back because they'll determine that they need this room to be strengthened. And they'll go and they'll get Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro. They'll determine that they need to get their pass rushers, and they'll get Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. And it'll come with almost a generational feel. And that's why I keep bringing up the defensive line. No, I don't think they can get Jordan Davis from Georgia, but I also don't think it's impossible when you have Mox putting him into the teens and they're picking at number 20. I just feel like if you look at all of the positions that they've addressed via free agency, that yes, of course, they're correct that they have just the one starting need that we talked about in the opening segment. But when you look at the defensive line and you assume, as I think it's probably safe to do, that Stefan Tuitt will be back, you've got Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu, and Tuitt all of whom will be 30-plus, and your other defensive linemen who you've invested 
mid to late draft picks over recent years haven't panned out like at all. I mean, you can at least say that Isaiah Loudermilk showed some promise this past season, but I don't think anybody's looking at him as any kind of answer to anything. This, to me, feels like something that they're either hoping or expecting to address in a significant way in this draft. Otherwise, they'd have spent some money in some capacity toward bolstering it already. They didn't. They didn't. Look, I don't mean to raise anybody's hopes here, okay? But if the Steelers were to find a way to get someone like Jordan Davis, including, you know, Jordan Davis himself, and they were to make a move up for that player, I'm all in. Not for a quarterback. Not for these quarterbacks. Go up and get your impact defensive lineman. Love that, especially if it's that guy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these on Monday. 